and welcome to episode 25 of Rider Break. I'm your host, Eagle Devil, and at long last, I am back to talk some Rider. It's been a busy couple of months here, and there's a lot of exciting stuff to get into, but uh, for now, I'm going to hold off on that, because you're listening to this for one reason, hopefully, uh, and that is to hear my thoughts on the brand new Rider movie, Kamen Rider 1, which just opened in theaters today across Japan. It's the 45th anniversary movie, the big return of Hiroshi Fujioka, and possibly the most anticipated Rider movie since last year. So let's not waste any more time and get right into it. Hey folks, this is Igadel from the future, time traveling back to interrupt myself and let you know that originally I planned to do this episode solo, but actually as it turned out, Craig was around and uh, I like doing the movie reviews with at least somebody else there to kind of help uh, guide me through and, you know, pose the questions that I wouldn't think of on my own and all that. So it ended up being actually a, a much better episode than what I was trying to make myself. I didn't get very far and it was stumbling around a lot. So uh, actually, uh, we had a great time and recorded about two hours and uh, that's what you'll be listening to next. Um, I apologize, the volume level will drop a little bit, so uh, please be aware of that if it starts to get quiet, especially on my end, I think uh, because I was sitting back from the mic too far or something, but there you go, that's just to let you know uh, how the rest of this episode will work, so thank you, and uh, back to the past, or the present, or whatever. Okay, so here we are, and I am joined once again by my good buddy, Craig. Hello. How you doing? I'm 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 okay. I I'm very excited to hear about this one. Um, was the last one we did the big end of the Rider vs. Heisei vs. Show one? It was uh, Rider Three, which was Rider Yeah, three. I, I was just saying actually about how that came out around this time last year, but the podcast didn't finish coming out until August, and that was the last episode uh, right. <laughs> until now. So it's been about seven months. And uh, we're finally back. But um, well, I know compared to um, compared to a lot of the writer movies, I think this is the one I've been most intrigued about since the Heisei show. Yeah, it's yeah, me too. I think I, I mean Rider Three was a big one for me, but this is certainly one of the most highly anticipated ones. I think just because you know, a it's an anniversary film. B, you got the return of Hiroshi Fujioka. C, you have the return of uh, Inoue as the writer, which is kind of a big deal because uh, for the uninitiated, although I think most people probably know who he is, but um, he was the main writer on Agito and Fies and Kiva, and he wrote a lot of uh, like half, the second half of Hibiki um, episodes of Kuga. Like, he was one of the main writers on Ryuki. Like, lots and lots of stuff. You know, and that's just Ryder. Um, but the thing is, like, after pretty much after Decade, he kind of didn't do a whole lot related to Kamen Rider other than the O's portion of Movie War Core, which not a lot of people tend to like. <laughs> and, no. uh, and and even even stuff like Fires and Kiva, you know, some people are, are a bit more sour on. So he's a name where, you know, you say it and, and some people are like, oh, I like that guy. And other people are like, oh, no. You know, so um, well, I think based on what you've said, I'm sort of fifty-fifty because I hated Kiva, but I loved, I really liked Fires, I liked Agito, I liked Kuga, 
Uh, I hated the I was part of all movie Warcore. Yeah. So I think I'm I'm somewhere in the middle. Like his name neither fills me with dread nor uh, confidence. Yeah. It could go either way. Yeah. I mean, my feeling on him is that you know he can still do good stuff. I mean, the last thing of his that I saw, like chronologically, was the Jetman episode of Go Kaiger. You know, with Black Condor in it. Oh, that was. I, I thought that was yeah, really that good because he was he was a writer yeah. on that back in the day. So I thought that was cool. You know, I I just wanted to go into this one with an open mind. I thought, well, we'll see how he does and uh, see how I like it. But yeah, there was a lot of uh, anticipation with this one. And so now let, let's talk. Yep. How was the premiere? Did you go to the premiere or was this like just I, for opening night or? I went to well opening morning here. I like I just went to the first showing at the local theater, and uh, it was a packed house. Like it, I think it was cool. sold out. Um, so, yeah, no, it was it was pretty. It was a big one. I mean, this is kind of a big weekend because actually, uh, Batman and Superman just came out yesterday. And uh, ah, for me too. Know, yes, yeah. I think I think well, worldwide two days ago. Um, yeah. And now, yeah, we've got Rider One this weekend. So, uh, so I'm sorry to keep interrupting, but okay, I'm curious about fine. this. I don't think I've ever asked you before. Yeah. When you say it was sold out, is that common? That is not really um, actually. I mean, although I, it's been a while since I've gone to the uh, like the first showing on the first day at like a a really big theater. Um, like right. the last couple of movies, I tend to go. Maybe I'll see like the second or third showing of the day, or whatever. Um, but like this one, you know, because you can when you go up to buy your tickets and all that. Although of course I pre bought my tickets months ago. Um, you uh, can see, you know, like how many seats are left, or you know, they represent it with like a circle. A triangle means there's a few left, or like an X. Like that's usually how it is. Um, right. And so this was like the first time where I ever gone to a rider movie, and they're like, "Oh, seats are almost filled up," you know, like that was kind of surprising. So, at least the first time I can remember, cool. it's probably happened before. But sure, yeah. All right, well, let's get to it, man. So, so spoiler free. Yes, spoiler free. Um, I liked it a lot. I really enjoyed it, but it's a very strange movie it's a much weirder movie than i was prepared for Um, because i think with any kind of you know anniversary film like if you think back to like let's go you know the 40th anniversary movie um there's sort of like an ex you know there's there's expectations you have for that kind of movie like you go in you're gonna expect a lot of you know cameos or you know throwbacks to the old stuff or old music or whatever things like that and really, like, outside of what we know already about this one, uh, there's less of that than you would think. Like, you get Fujioka, which is great. You get Rider One. You get some classic villains and stuff. But there's a lot that's new about this movie, from the music to even the characterization of Hongo in some ways. It's very uh, different than what I was expecting. And it, it, a lot of it is down to, I think, um, Fujioka himself 
having input on the story, like the development of the story, and uh. bringing bringing a lot of his kind of his own, uh, you know, the things he's done since Common Rider into it. So it really creates this interesting character, this kind of a fusion of, you know, it's the guy we watched on TV from the 70s, but it's also the guy as he is now. Uh, and that was pretty cool, actually. I, like, I liked that aspect of it. Cool. Yeah. How many of the old writer guys are still around? Like, from, say, like, the original show, like, there's there's obviously Fujioka, and I think you said Rider 2 is still yep. around, right? He's still alive, yeah. Like, the um, cast members? What, what about a... Yeah, like, is, is Tachibana still with us, or is he, he gone? He or? passed away in the 90s. Um, uh, okay. Which, in this movie, actually worked, because they pretty much imply that he's passed away, like, in the Kamen universe as well, which is something they never right. really had touched on before. You know, they, they'd always kind of left it vague. Like, is, is there still a Tachibana racing club, you know, or not? Is there still a Tachibana? And, and this one kind of confirms it. <laughs> Um, cool. but, uh, other than, other than that, like there's the guy who played, um, Taki, who was their sort of their FBI liaison buddy. And he's not an actor anymore. I believe he's retired from acting. Um, and right. there's a couple other, like a couple of the cast members, but really like most of the major ones, uh, have passed away. So it really is kind of like, it's, you know, right of one and two left. It's a shame they didn't get Rider Two to come in on this one too. I know that, and that's that's an interesting thing. Like I thought about that a lot watching this movie, and I think ultimately I get why they didn't, because, and that again like kind of ties back into the whole way this movie's kind of strange in, in that, like if it was a straight up like this is the 45th anniversary Common Rider movie, it would have had to have Rider Two in it, but. It's much more of a this is a Hongo Takeshi movie. Uh, okay. Or, or or more of a this is a uh Fujioka movie. Like it's it's really strange how this movie is uh how this movie works. It's it's not what I was expecting, but I do like it. Cool. Uh all right. Well, what else do you feel like you can say spoiler free? Um All right. Well, has- well, hang on. Let me. I know one. Okay. How did the suit look in person, like in motion? Like, All right. Yeah, the new Rider One that's, suit. That's one of the biggies. Yeah, that that was something that we all, you know, everybody had their thoughts on when it first came out, and the pictures and everything like that. And it's grown on me since. Uh, you know, as I've gotten more used to it, I'm kind of past the point where I, I look at it and I, I have to, you know, just stifle a chuckle. Because I can't believe it's real. Um, I'm past that point, and I actually I do quite like it. And in the movie, I think it works pretty well. The thing is, though, given the story of the movie, I think the way they used it was a little strange. Uh, so it's explained. It's not just this is how he looks now. Well, there's a re- there's a story reason. There's a st- it's it's complicated. Like there's a story reason that would justify it, but they they don't go that route and instead that's just how he looks in the movie like it's it's kind of hard to huh. explain without getting into the plot Spoiler. all right well we'll get to that later yeah but i mean you know suffice to say like it's pretty cool i think you do see the limitations of the suit in that 
Ryder one in this movie, he is primarily a brawler. Like he's punching, he's kind of you know ramming into guys and stuff. He does some rider kicks and things, but it's not really the sort of athletic, you know, guy that does backflips and somersaults and all that that he was before, which sort of fits the character, I guess. Like it, it, it does feel like an older character. Uh, yeah. That you know the suit fits that, but uh, I don't know. It was an interesting rendition, but I, I did like it in motion. I I still feel like it's probably only got a life for this movie and maybe another one, but I don't think it's going to be the look that sticks, you know, years from now. Uh, but I liked yeah. it for what it was. Okay. Um, Ghost, I should probably talk about, because he's actually a pretty big part of this movie. Like, it's much more than just a, a cameo or whatever. He is uh, arguably the co-lead. Um, you know, we spend a lot of time with him as well and his, his cast. They all show up. And uh, in this movie, I think Ghost is great. Like, the Takeru character cool. really, uh, like, by the end, I was really a fan. You know, and I liked him beforehand. But do you remember how back when Ghost started, he was one of those things where it was kind of like, I don't know about this guy. Like, I don't quite, I didn't quite get him. Well, plus, he, I didn't think his acting was all that great. And, yeah. Yeah, well, I, but he's, he's he got better at that as the show went along. Yeah, and I I think it really shows here. Like I think his uh, his last scene in the movie, and I won't say what it is, but his last scene in the movie was actually the one point where I kind of got a little emotional about this one. Like I was sort of like, oh, oh interesting. Like, ooh, it's good. Um, yeah, I thought he was cool. Um, Spectre was okay. I, the thing about Spectre that I realized from this movie is that his, uh, his story is so tied into the villains of, uh, ghosts, like the Ganma characters and Elaine and everybody that when you don't have them around, he kind of doesn't really know what to do. So he's just like ghost's little buddy, you know, like he shows up every time right. the ghost is fighting and, uh, it's kind of nice. Like there's a nice little callback where, at one point, um, you know, Ghost is saying, oh, I'm, I'm going to fight till I can live again and all that. Uh, you know, like, so he comes back to life and everything. And uh, yeah. and then Spectre comes in, or Makoto comes in, I should say, and is like, no, he really fights for other people's lives. Because he's referring to how, you know, he gave up his... Oh, wait, have you gotten right, to the show yet? Yeah. All, right, yeah. all right, never mind. I, I, I have. I, no, 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 I have, but we we should be careful. Yeah, this is the spoiler-free section. That's right, this is spoiler-free. All right, never mind. Forget I said that. Um, although I think I think most people are caught up on Ghost now, but maybe not. I, I won't go any further. Um, I, I'm not caught up, but I'm past that point. Okay. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. He, he was pretty good, but... Uh, you know, it's like there's some secondary writers where, like, once their story is wrapped up, they can still pop up and and feel like they've got something to do. And then there's others where they're they're very much tied into the story that they've got. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, totally. I, I think it comes down to how they feel the two leads or the two writers feel as partners. Yeah. For example, like, while well, a lot of people didn't like Wizard... When Beast is around, like in um, the the follow-on Wizard movie, where it was the Wizard, was oh, Wizard, Wizard. Gaim, Wizard Gaim, right? Where where Wizard's in that before, like he's kind of almost fighting before um, 
before uh, Haruto comes back. Haruto? Yeah. Um, he, it feels good because, like, Beast by that point was his partner. He was his, you know, he's not his sidekick. He was his second. It was Rider 1 and 2, essentially. Yeah. Um, in, the sen- in the sense of them being, at least in their own minds, equal partners. Um, whereas, like, I always felt like Baron was forced into any Gaim thing as, like, the secondary writer because he wasn't really. Like, the two of them were never partners in that same way. Right. Yeah, yeah. He was the secondary writer because he was, that was his role in the show. Yeah. Or I was thinking of, say, like, Excel um, in Double. You know, he has this whole thing with the weather dope on. But once that's wrapped up... Like he still right. he still feels like he's got a place in the show. Sure. Um, yeah. And you know, so that's, well, that's again, an important thing to have, I think. Because they had more of a partnership feel to them, like Excel and Double. Yeah. Felt like teammates. Right. Right. So yeah, I don't know. We'll we'll see where it goes with Spectre, but I did like him in this. Um, I liked the other, you know, ghost characters because they kind of form the bulk of the the main cast. It's really, you know, from from their point of view, uh, the the one sort of the new character who's not a villain is uh, Mayu, who is the granddaughter of Tachibanatobe, and um, right. she's uh, she's pretty good. Like I, I liked her a lot. You know, the actress did a good job. She's got that kind of character where. Uh, essentially, like she's got history with Hongo, and when they first reunite, she's a little she's not exactly happy to see him, uh, and you find out more why. And and actually, I kind of like I like the way they they took her character, like the direction they went in. Um, but I'll I'll get into that with the spoilers. Uh, mm-hmm. But I do have to talk about the villains, and again, I, I don't want to say too much. But the villains in this movie are probably the weakest part, I gotta say. Which mm-hmm. was tough for me because I'm a big Shocker fan. <laughs> um, <laughs> it it basically comes down to this. I think, you know, in this movie, I I think by now we we know enough. You know, we've seen enough from the clips and everything. Like you should probably be able to tell there is no rider versus rider fighting in this movie. Uh, this, is, you know, this is a straight up, you know, the riders are all good guy buddies and everything. But there are, Hooray! yes, yes, there are uh, villain versus villain fights in this movie. Which okay. uh, are interesting. I kind of don't know if it was ultimately necessary. But basically what happens is, uh, in this movie, there's two different shockers. There's the classic version. And then there's also uh, how spoiler is this? We uh, this this we all we all know. Like this is in the trailers and everything. Okay. So, um, okay. and actually, you've seen the scenes of them fighting in the trailers as well. So, or the opening, oh. the openings mm-hmm. of the episodes and everything. Um, there's classic mm-hmm. Shocker, and there's Nova Shocker, which is a new version. And the the different cool yeah the, the differing uh, ideology is that regular shocker they want to take over the world by force just you know conquer the whole world simple as that and nova shocker are like no 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 we're not going to do that stuff we're going to take over the world's economy so we control it from the shadows now okay on the surface that sounds like the smarter strategy right like you know not be this public menace instead be this secret yes. society 
which actually is what Sharka was in the first place. Like in, in the original show and especially in the comic, uh, they really, you know, push this idea that they control the governments and everything and they control the, you know, crime, like all, all sorts of cool stuff. So they're kind of going for that in this movie. The problem is you, you start to see it really early on. Uh, Nova Shocker may very well have the worst plan in Kamen Rider history. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. Yeah, I'll, I, I can't say more than that without spoiling the, the story. So I'll just okay. say um, they look great. Like the designs, the new monsters. I don't know if you've seen them. Um, no, I've been I've been sort of staying away. My right. internet's been inconsistent. Oh, okay. Well, if you get a chance, uh, I'll send you a link. You can take a look at. Okay. The um, like the new suits. They're the guys down at the bottom of this page. Uh, the new suits are great. Like they're really cool. And and one thing you can't really see in these pictures that well is uh, they incorporate the stunt actors' eyes, which is what the original Rider Monsters did. Like the really early ones, especially. Which I always thought was just a really cool, a, a cool way that is both like you know saving some money, but also adds this creepy element that that reminds you that, that these guys were once human and all that. Like it's just a really neat yeah. twist. So they're cool looking monsters, but the characterization is is a little iffy. And so ultimately, ultimately, I feel I kind of wish that this movie had just been. Just one shocker, and you know we've got this cool plan to resurrect this bad guy, and, and let's go with it. Because that, like, what the stuff that the old shocker is doing in this movie is fine. Like, it's a perfectly, you know, sensible, crazy, evil plan, especially when stacked up to what the <laughs> other guys are doing. But um, that's pretty much all I can say without getting into the plot now. So, I, you know, just general overall, I like this movie. Uh, I hope when you see it, you'll like it too. Uh, you know, both you and for the folks listening. And Me uh, too. yeah, I don't know. It's a good one. I think it's it's a strange, weird movie. Not exactly what you'd expect from a 45th anniversary film, but I think it it lives up to the title. It's a Rider One movie. Rider One himself is great in it, and uh, it's a fun time. All right. Um. But let us move into the spoiler section now. Okay, so uh, we start out in Thailand, uh, in Bangkok, I believe. And uh, our first time seeing Hongo, it's interesting because it's not this dramatic reveal or anything. It's He's just sitting at a restaurant eating. And these guys, you know, these kind of like local thugs show up. And uh, this whole scene was actually subtitled in Japanese. So they they were speaking Thai, I believe. And Oh wow. even Hongo? Yeah, yeah, even Hongo. He kind of mumbles some things. And um they're like <laughs> you know, they're, they're kinda of like, you know, oh you're the guy that like messed up our operation or something. Like I guess they're a bunch of drug dealers or something like that. And uh, you know, they're gonna they got a gun to his back and then there's another guy with a knife and all that. So essentially he beats them all up. Like this, you know, seventy year old guy just kicks the crap out of all these dudes and everybody's cheering and you know the cops show up and and haul him away and hongo you know walks away from the scene and then he collapses so you're like whoa what the heck's going on here 
uh, and uh, his wallet falls down, and inside is a picture of this girl, who at this point we don't know who she is yet, but we will find out she's Tachibana's granddaughter, Mayu. Um, and so that's that's how the movie opens. And I remember at first I was like, this is a, a really different kind of way to open the movie. Like there's no, you know, usually it'd start out with like some rider action or something like that. But it almost doesn't feel like a common rider movie at first until you see cool. Fujioka. And um, he actually, he does get to do a lot of out of suit fighting in this movie. Amazingly. And is pretty good at it, too. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so that's our how, that's how we kick things off. And then we jump over to Ghost. And it's sort of this, uh, they're goofing around in the um, the base there, the temple. And um, the, uh, the old guy, like the hermit, he shows up in this movie a couple times. Mostly as kind of just comic relief. But he also, he does tell Ghost about, uh, like, Shocker and Rider One later on when they uh, become important for him to know about, you know, like at, at certain points in the movie, there's the kind of the expo, the exposition, expo dumps. Um, and he is there to give those, but uh, basically, right. you know, they're just goofing around. And then the guys like the temple helper guys come in and they're like, there's, you know, monsters attacking the city and they don't look like gamma, which is, it's kind of like the usual way that these, you know, superhero crossover films start out, you know, it's like the, the incumbent heroes are just doing their thing and then something shows up and it's not what they usually fight. <laughs> so that's exactly... It's like those monsters from last year. Exactly, exactly. That's exactly what happens here. Uh, Shocker is just trucking through the city, you know, people are running away and they're after this girl, Mayu. So, um, you know, they are about to grab her and then they get attacked by Nova Shocker. Who they all huh. come marching up now? Nova Shocker, I should mention, um, the three main characters, uh, Wulga, Igla, and Buffle. Uh, they all are they're appearing as like humans for a lot of time. Then they'll they'll change into monster form. Although, for some reason, one of them never does, uh, and that's Igla, who is played by uh, now Nagasawa, who you might know as Hurricane Blue from uh, Hurricane Jer. And yeah, and she was in uh, a double as um, Anne Fosse. That's right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah good memory. Um, but yeah, so she, in this movie, like whenever there's a fight scene, she just runs at people with a sword and uh, never turns into monster form for some reason. I don't know why. Ever, like ever? Ever, like, no. Yeah, like the whole time. Like huh. she's supposed to be, but they never do it. The other two guys huh. do. Uh, including uh, Wulga. He's the leader. He's the sort of uh, hyena-looking guy. Uh, And he's actually... I mean, he's pretty cool-looking. Like, the suit's great. He's got... His belt lights up, which I thought was a really cool idea. Like, I've never seen a villain belt do that before. Um, I should ask... I forgot to ask. Are there Shocker Troopers? There are, yeah. Sorry, Nova Shocker? Yeah, there are. The Nova Shocker Troopers, which... uh, And they look pretty cool. They're kind of a bit more armored-looking... They all have uh, sort of rifles and kind of these sword weapons, like these kind of blade weapons. I mean, they're they're cool. See, that's the thing. The, the frustrating thing about Nova Shocker in this movie is they look great. It's what they do where you're like, wait a minute. <laughs> right. So, 
All right, now keep in mind, remember what I said earlier about how like their plan is we're going to control the world's economy from the shadows, right? Mm-hmm. Their introduction in this movie is to appear in broad daylight, like in front of, you know, hundreds of screaming civilians and be like, those guys there, like you guys, like they call Shocker out. They're like, you guys, you know, and Shocker's like, wait a minute. Didn't you guys used to be with us? Because it turns out they are turncoats. They betrayed Shocker. They said, we're going to found our right. own organization. Okay. And and uh, we don't like you muscling in on our territory, so they have a giant supervillain fight. And in Subtle. The, From yeah, the shadows. Yep, yep. And in the middle of this, so Takaro and his friends run up, and Ghost is like, I'm getting me some of this. And he goes right into Boost, of course, because that's what he does now. <laughs> <laughs> he runs up and goes, I'm getting me some of this. Yep. <laughs> I hope that's what he says. No, it's not what he really I'm gonna says. Be really disapp- <laughs> I'm going to be so disappointed if he doesn't run up and be like, I'm going to get me some of this. Headshit. <laughs> um, yeah, so he joins the fight and uh, everybody's beating everybody else up. And he's trying to figure out, you know, why are these guys fighting each other? I don't care. I'm going to just punch him anyway. And... Uh, Akari, uh, you know, she finds Mayu and they try to run away. And eventually Mayu gets separated from everybody else, but she gets saved by Hongo, who... So hang on, so why was Mayu there? Was she with... Was uh, she just randomly... She's just randomly there, yeah. She's okay. just she's just random schoolgirl being targeted. Gotcha. Uh, but yeah, Hongo shows up to save her, although she doesn't see him. She's like running away and he dr- uh, jumps on a bunch of guys. Um, right. An important to note is that Shocker, like old Shocker's after her, Nova Shocker doesn't care about her at this point. Mm-hmm. Now keep that in mind. Understood. <laughs> All right. So one of the things about this movie that was a little frustrating is the editing is kind of weird in places in that a lot of scenes just kind of end. Um, right. You know, they don't have that, like, you know how there's that way that it, a scene will end, like... Uh, Either it can be like very abruptly, yeah, or a transition. There you go. <laughs> That's the word I'm looking for. You're and um, so, yeah, we just cut from that to Ghost is all beat up, or Takara's beat up, you know, and this is where we get the first of many. Uh, the old guy talks about, you know, this is what Shocker is. There, and it's it's actually kind of cool because he describes them as, you know, they're a new enemy, but they're also a very old one. Okay, so, so hang on. I, I got a couple of questions here. Then. All right. So Takaru jumped in help but was losing. Is that why he's all beat up? Yeah. And did when Hongo helped, did Hongo transform or did he just tra- help as Hongo? He just helped as Hongo and he was sep- that was separate from everything else. So he hasn't seen uh, Ghost yet. Actually, okay. no, wait. Hang on. I'm wrong. Yeah, I was is he telling? Yeah, I'm remembering wrong. He actually does see, uh, he sees Ghost. Like he's fighting some guys, and Ghost jumps in to help him, and they see each other. And then um, uh, Wulga, he like grabs Ghost's hand and starts biting it. Right. Um, and yeah, and that's when we cut away. So it's kind of that's that's what I mean. Where it's like it's kind of strange that like we just cut from that to. They're back at, you know, base, and he's like, ow. <laughs> right, and Hongo's there, too. He's not there. Okay, okay. Yeah, he's not there. That's that's another thing. They kind of 
they went their separate ways, apparently. Okay. All right, so we then, um, yeah, so Akari figures out that, uh, you know, the Shaka guys were going after Mayu, so they got to find her. So she's got a plan. Okay. All right. And so then we get a little look in on what the villain factions are doing. So Shocker, it's a bunch of monsters left over. And um, what happens is they are trying to resurrect Ambassador Hell, who is one of the original villains from uh, the first Kamen Rider. Okay. Uh, and who, in this movie, he's played by the same guy who played him in All Riders vs. Die Shocker. Uh which is like seven years ago now. So, you know, good on him for coming back. Well, it was all the old guys. Yeah, that's right. Um, now, all right, so then we go over to Nova Shocker, who basically are like a giant corporation. So we get this scene, which is uh, like a big meeting. Like there's, and this was actually one of those things where they had a whole bunch of extras for. Um, I wasn't able to go to this, but I actually do know somebody who, who did, uh, and he was telling me about it like, before the movie. No, no, not Tom. This is a Japanese guy, actually. Um, he was telling me about it, um, you know, what little he could about the scene. And it sounded really interesting, but, yeah, it's basically like a giant corporate meeting. So, you know, there's all these the employees of uh, Nova Shocker in this big uh, kind of like auditorium. And uh, the main guy, Wolga, he's saying, no, this is going to be our plan. We're going to take over, you know, Japan through the economy and then the world through the economy because, you know, the old ways, they don't work anymore. We can't just, you know, take over the world through through force. That's that's not going to fly. You got to be subtle. (laughs) Like the big monster fight we just had in the street. Exactly, exactly. Um, And so now... While this is happening, apparently, like, each side has uh, spies in each other's camps because we see, you know, like, there's a shocker guy sitting in on the meeting and he goes back and tells, you know, the other shocker guys about it. And then there's this really... Is he dressed? Sorry. Um, No, he's... he's I was going to make a crappy joke. Go on. He's in disguise. Um, But then there's this really weird scene that, like, just kind of comes out of nowhere and and doesn't really contribute anything where there's, like, a Shocker guy and a Nova Shocker guy at a bar. And they essentially have, like, a drunk fight. And it's, like, it's just like, it's like, it's just like a comedy bit. Like, it's just kind of this throwaway scene that I didn't quite, like, I didn't, I didn't hate it. But I was like, wait, why did that happen? Like, what was the purpose of that? (laughs) Uh, and now you're into <laughs> yeah yeah that, that's what I mean about like there. there's a lot of stuff like that in this movie a lot of scenes where you're kind of like wait why is, why is this happening exactly uh, there'll be a bit more coming up but anyway so um, they decide that they're, and, and this this was a an ongoing um, I, I don't think it was supposed to be a joke but it sort of became a joke to me where they find out that Mayu goes to uh, a school, a high school, which is attached to Jonan University. Now, Jonan University is uh, sort of like the, I don't know what you'd call it exactly. It's like the fictional university that pops up in a lot of Toei shows. Actually, not just Toei, I believe. Um, 
a lot of Japanese programs. It's kind of like when you can't use a real um, college It's name. the, um, what was the one in Marvel? Empire State University was yeah. the one where Peter went to that yeah, didn't exist? Yeah, exactly. It's like that. It's, it's right, exactly okay. like that. Um, so, but anyway, that's like that's a nice little sort of reference to back in the original Conrad. That's where Hongo went to school and everything. Jonan University. But what I liked about this was that it was the Jonan University High School because um, that's, at least in Japan anyway, that's the thing where often a lot of universities have an attached high school to them. Like they're, you know, same... I guess it's the same administration or whatever. Um, But I just, I thought it was really funny because that was something that was in Kamen the Next, um, the sequel to Kamen the First, years ago, where uh, Hongo, like this is, you know, a different version of him, the the movie version of Hongo, was a teacher at the Jonan University High School. And I remember the time I kind of laughed at that i was like really like we can't have real jonan university we got to have jonan university high school <laughs> and lo and right. behold it pops up again in this movie <laughs> you're like oh well i guess it's canon now yeah, it is yeah it is um and it gets even better but so anyway so she goes there so somehow they managed to convince the school to let takeru pose as a teacher um, which okay. I don't know how that works because he's like 18, right? 18 or 19. Didn't he just turn 18? Isn't yeah. That's right. He just yeah. turned 18 in the show. Um, but yeah, so he's, he's teaching comparative religion. <laughs> well, in this, he's teaching English, which is even better. So you get to hear, uh, Kamara ghost try to speak English. Although actually, that, that's well, it's funny because like that's the point is that he's not very good. Like the students are correcting him and everything. Like that's the joke right. of the scene. But no, it's really funny because like they do the thing where like he puts on glasses and puts on like a goofy jacket, and everyone immediately is like, "Oh yeah, he's totally you know like thirty five or whatever." <laughs> so, <laughs> um, so he's he's there. It's like um, it's like what I was gonna say. It's it's, it's like when Forze was a teacher in the future yeah and it just looked yeah. exactly like Forze wearing a suit exactly like, uh, you're like maybe i guess sure yeah. yeah um but it's funny so what happens we kind of get this montage where like he is he's supposed to be keeping an eye on mayu but obviously because you know he's the same age as her eventually he's like wow you know i think she likes me like <laughs> he starts kind of falling in love and so you know, Akari is like, you idiot, what are you doing? Uh, so she's like, all right, next time I'll go. So somehow they managed to get her in as a, like a substitute teacher as well. So she's teaching a science class. <laughs> this... Well, at least she knows science. Yeah, she so does, that know, makes she a does know science. Um, so, yeah, so she gets uh, she gets uh, Mayu in her class, and he's like, oh, can you do something up on the board? And it, it, we've established by this point that uh, Mayu is, she's really smart. She's uh, she's pretty athletic. She's like an all-around good kid. But there's something weird about her. Because in this scene, uh, her eyes start glowing blue, and she freaks out and starts, like, speaking in this other voice. And so everyone's like, what yes, the hell? Yes, that's definitely something weird. Uh, that's, yeah, that's not right. 
So later she's walking home and uh, Akari's following her. And uh, they're like, you know, uh, sorry, teach about earlier and <laughs> you know, all that. And then Shaka shows up. So we get our, I think this is now like the second fight scene in the movie because at long last, uh, Hongo returns to his own movie. And, uh, and this <laughs> is actually, this is the first time he transforms as well. This is when we first get our, our new Rider One transformation. Okay, so n- now, I don't know if now's a good time to ask why he has a new suit. Okay. Uh, yeah, we're in the spoiler section, so I might as well go ahead and spoil it. The new suit, um, as far as I could tell, in the movie, the only reasoning you get behind it is that Hongo's been traveling the world and fighting for so long um, that he ch- he's changing. Which, um, I don't know. He's changing how? Like he's like getting better or getting worse? Well, because here's the thing, right? Like if you if we go back to the original show, when uh, when Hongo came back, uh, like he you know he's in the first thirteen episodes, and then uh, Fujioka had the accident where they took him out of the show, and Ryder Two t- took over, and then Hongo comes back in episode 40, and he's got a slightly darker costume, and that's the one that's now known as uh, Sakurajima Rider 1. Right? Right. And the explanation, there never really was an explanation for it. So, like, over the years, sort of, the idea was, well, he's, you know, traveling the world, and and, and as riders, you know, travel and fight more and train more and all that, like, they do kind of evolve in some way. And... You know, for for that, it was just like his, you know, his colors are changing slightly. But then, like, they kind of did it again with Rider 2 where, you know, the real, the explanation for Rider 2's costume change, you know, from the old one to the new one when he got the red gloves and everything, is yeah. he, you know, he went to South America and he was wrestling alligators and getting bitten by snakes and, you know, lifting weights and all this stuff and just, like, the more stuff he does, the more things he goes through, it just, it's changing his body. Um, so like, you know, from that perspective, I kind of get it. I think the thing is though, and, and this is jumping ahead a little bit, but you know, as we saw at the beginning of the movie, Hongo collapses and throughout the movie, we see him grabbing his chest in pain, like almost kind of having like a heart attack. Uh, which I mean, right. you picked that up from the trailer, you know, like you know, you noticed that right. Yeah, away. that was my prediction. Was that the the new suit was to help him like survive the fact that he's older and his body's starting to like give out. Yeah, that and, was my prediction way back when. Yeah, and and I guess that's it's kind of left up to you to decide. I guess is that what it what it's doing? Um, because. I think, like, if if it were up to me, like, you know, having seen the movie until the end now, well, I don't know. It's kind of tough to say at this point because it's it's spoiling, like, a major thing in the movie. And I kind of want to wait until we get to that. Um, Okay. I'll I'll get back to you on this one. I'll get back to you on this one. So Hongo is just transformed for the first time. So, yeah, he's transforming, right? Uh, and it's pretty cool because they they keep the old you know pose and everything they keep the old sound effects but they mix in new one 
uh, new ones as well. And there's this cool effect, like when he transforms, he kind of has this green sort of like fiery mist almost that kind of like rolls off of him. Like it looks really cool. I think you can probably see it in some of the clips that are out there now. Yeah. I think I have seen that. That sounds familiar. Yeah. Uh, and I like it. It's pretty good. I think my, my favorite one is still the one from uh, Ryder Tyson at the end. Like when he transformed, you know, in front oh, yeah. of the other guys and like it changed, it went through the colors and you saw like the bits appear. Like that was really cool. This one isn't bad. Yeah. though. I, I like this one a lot. So, uh, yeah, so Ryder one transforms and he fights some guys and Takara shows up again to help out. Uh, and he's uh, he uses uh, Robin Damashi at this point to shoot some guys. And um, Ryder one defeats one of the classic shocker monsters at this point. So you got our first rider kick of the movie. All right. Yep. Um, so, yeah, from this point on, uh, what happens is Mayu, you know, sees that it's Hongo again, although she always calls him Takashi, which is his first name. And, and that's kind of significant because that means, you know, they're on a, a slightly more... Uh, intimate? Intimate, yeah, level. You like she knows him better than you know everybody else does because it's always Hongo-san or whatever. Um, so we find out from here that uh, he, you know, he made a promise to her grandfather that you know he was going to look after her, and I don't recall us ever getting any insight into her parents because. The fact that Tachibana was a father, let alone a grandfather, that is kind of a revelation about this movie, too. Like, you know, in all the times that he appeared in the old shows, there was never any indication that he was married or had any relatives that I can remember anyway. Um, so that was kind of a twist. But actually, like, my takeaway from this, and, and this is kind of just me, uh, and, and my theory, but I think it's, I think you can, I think it's easy to see if you watch the movie, I think you might feel this too, is that they really almost seem to imply that like, maybe not, maybe he's not her biological father, but Hongo is essentially this girl's father. Like, you know, really? for all intents and, yeah, for all intents and purposes, like, cause he said, I mean, he says, or I believe she says at some point, like, you know, you raised me, but then you went away. Huh. Um, you know, so there was at some point, you know, they they had this history where he was basically like your father, but then he he's out traveling the world and doing rider stuff and all that. And and suddenly this is where, you know, this is the point in the movie where I started, you know, the wheels in my head started turning. And I was thinking, you know, going into this, we were all thinking it's really strange how they're doing this movie and they're not referring to like anything that's happened in the last couple of years. You know, like it really feels like Hongo is not, yeah, know, not been around for ages. I was going to ask you about that later. That was yeah. one of the questions I had was, do they talk about the legacy of Ryder between Hongo and Ghost? Like, you know, do they talk about the others or they, you know, yeah, you know, you know what they do is they, they leave it, vague enough where you can kind of go either way with it which i sort of right. liked like my my way of approaching it was 
this is kind of a great way of, of showing that like this gives you a reason why there's times when Rider One is around and then there's times when he's not. You know, he has he has this other life essentially that we don't know about that you know, he was right. you know, he was raising helping to raise this girl or whatever. He was trying to be a father for this girl. Was I mean, isn't was Takashi significantly older than Hongo? Were they about the same age? Sorry, um, not to go. Um, sorry, um, not Takashi. Um, Tachibana. Tachi Tachibana. Yes, he, he was older. I mean, he was kind of a, almost like a father figure for him. You know, right. he was uh, he was in his forties or something. I think when Hongo was in like his twenties. Okay, and so, so now that Hongo's in his seventies, that would have mean he had her in his fifties. If she is well, I no, I I don't see. That's the thing is, I don't think she's really his daughter. I think she's like his adopted okay. daughter, essentially. So not, yeah. That's that's what I'm trying right. to say. You know, for like for all intents and purposes, because we never find out what happens with her real parents. Like I don't, I don't think they even mention them. But obviously, right. she had to have them if she's Tachibana's granddaughter. You know, did did Takashi ever have? God, I'm doing it again. Did Hongo ever have a um, a love interest? He did, uh, Ririko, who was the first uh, like female char- you know, main character. Yeah. Um, but she's not around a whole, like she's not around for much of the show. But like off screen, like she is the you know the OTP <laughs> with Hongo, especially right. in Kamara Spirits. Um, so yeah, I I don't know. I I this is you know we're kind of getting to the point where I'm just speculating. But I really came out of this movie thinking, like, they they strongly imply that, like, at, at the very least, he has to be her, like, adopted father, essentially, or adopted okay. guardian. Right. Um, because, you know, he's like, I, I made a promise. I'm going to protect you no matter what, and I'm here for you. And so she's like, all right, well, you know, you missed my last three birthdays, so I want three birthdays in one day. So then we get this montage of them going around doing like father daughter stuff. Like he takes her out shopping. They go to like a fairground. They're playing, you know, video games and stuff. And at this point, I'm like, I never expected I would see a movie where Hongo is doing this stuff. But at yep, the same time, it sounds weird. It sounds weird, but at the same time, like, but I kind of like it. Like, I kind of like that they're really humanizing this guy. Especially, I mean, if you if you only have seen Hongo in Ryder Tyson, where you know he shows up to yell at Kota and you know beat up some Heisei riders and everything, then this is like this is the exact opposite. This is you know taking the guy and really. You know, showing that that underneath all the the heroic bluster and everything, I mean, he really is—he's just a nice guy. Um, and uh, you know, he's he's just trying to do right because uh, he's he's caught between having to be, you know, a a, a friend and a—I mean, he's he's basically he's turned into Tachibana in a strange sort of way, you know, right. <laughs> Um, but he's also got to be Rider One. Like I, I don't know. It's it's. Uh, I like that a lot. It's a really interesting take on the character, and it probably it's probably a little easier to follow if you are familiar with those characters. Like if you've watched original Rider and and know Tachibana yeah. and know who that character is to Common Rider, 
then, you know, seeing it played out like this, it was really kind of like, wow, this is a, this is a cool way to do it. Different, not what, not what I would expect at all. Because I guess, I mean, the, the thing about, and it, again, it's like, it reminds me a lot of in Ryder Tyson when X showed up, uh, Keisuke, you know, the whole stuff with him being a doctor and everything. At the time, I remember saying like, I never would have guessed that's the direction you would go with that character. And yet it made perfect sense. And it's kind of the same thing here, where I guess when like when you have the old guys show up, and and not just, you know, like the show arrives, but even the Heisei arrives too, you kind of, like our expectation is they're going to show up and be exactly the same, or be like a greatest hits package of, you know, what they used to be like. You know, like if, if we were going to do a Rider movie that has say you know uh like shoichi in it like you know agito mm -hmm. you want him to show up you want him to do cooking you want him to you know get the writer sense and run off and turn to agito and and you know do all the stuff that he did in the show whereas like imagine if you had a movie where like shoichi shows up and instead he's like no i've decided i'm gonna become a writer <laughs> or you know right. <laughs> something like that like it would be like what but then you watch the movie unfold and you're like, oh, I, I kind of see where they're going with this. It's, it's a lot like that. Like, it's a really interesting direction to take the, the Hongo character. Um, but at this point, we got to get back to uh, the, the wonderful plans of Nova Shocker. Because this is where things start to go off the rails. So... What they do is they at their uh, you know evil compound they ha they're doing this test where they're gonna create this giant like energy beam thing, which uh, t essentially like kills all the electricity in Japan, like all the lights go out, everything goes out, cars are crashing into each other. Like there's this huge scene and it's well done. Like it's a really, you know, well put together scene of like the power going out all over Tokyo, presumably all over Japan. And like a couple of minutes later, they've basically got the prime minister, you know, in a meeting and they're like, sign this contract. Noah Shocker will provide energy to Japan for, you know, the rest of the time, all you got to do is sign the dotted line there. Now, if you were the Prime Minister of Japan, the power had just gone out all over the country, like mysteriously, like inexplicably. And these guys who a couple days ago had been in a huge like street fight gang war with a bunch of monsters approached you and were like, sign this piece of paper, we'll give you power. What would your response be? Well, it seems like nothing could possibly go wrong. Um, and that clearly these people had absolutely nothing to do with the situation as it unfolds. So I would uh, immediately sign the piece of paper and hand over unconditional power to them. All right. Well, they get to that point eventually. But what happens at first <laughs> is that the guy is like, are you kidding me? Like, what? what, what? Like, you know, he's really like struggling to find the words like how do i respond to this and then and so the um the guy who plays uh wolga like the leader of the of nova shocker is actually really good because i mean he's got to deliver like just some of the the goofiest lines you know <laughs> but he's like he does it like really straight-faced 
Um, I don't know if it if it was makeup or whatever, but actually the actor he he's kind of cool looking because it almost looks like he's kind of got a, a slight scar on his lip, and it it reminded me of kind of like a Bond villain sort of thing almost. Like he's got a cool right. look to him, but he's like, yeah, just you know, sign there and you know, you can get this thing rolling. So eventually they do. They they manage to convince him <laughs> to do it to restore power. Uh, now while this is all happening, I should say I, I skipped over a little bit. There was a fight scene. Um, like when the power had gone out, uh, Mayu was in a Ferris wheel. And so she's like stuck up in the air and Hongo's like, oh, just jump. I'll catch you. <laughs> Which in any other case, I would have been like, I don't know about this. But actually, he does catch her, which is pretty cool. So yeah. then, uh, you know, Ghost and uh, or Takeru and Makoto, they come run up and they're like, you know, power's gone out all over the city. We need your help, Hongo. Like you gotta, you gotta help us out because um, I'm sorry, I'm really jumping ahead because there's like a whole scene where, as I say, you've lost me. A little yeah, bit. yeah. <laughs> right, let me backtrack a bit. Uh, there, yeah, there have been quite a few scenes where uh, Takeru and Hongo have have had a conversation. <laughs> I'm skipping over all of those. You know, all right. You know what? Okay. You know what? I'll get back I'm to all sorry. that. I'll get back to all that later. Um, because it's kind of important that it, it all like kind of ties together, like the scenes so I, with them. Okay, because I I am a bit lost as to yeah. I I'm sorry. I am I am jumping around a lot. Because <laughs> I'm I'm still honestly confused. Like in the first fight where they where Hongo helped, yeah, he didn't transform. He didn't transform. Yeah, but he talked to Takaru who had transformed. Did he see Takaru transform? He he didn't see Takaru. Okay. So they had a conversation. Oh, they didn't have a conversation. They didn't that have a lady, conversation. So yep. Okay. And then when they fight at the university, uh, when Hongo transforms. Oh, later, he's... yeah. Um, he sees uh, Takeru transform, and after that, that's when they have their first talk. Right. Like they, they but talk does Takeru they... see him transform? He sees him. Or trans- at least... He sees him detransform. Like they both. Okay, so they know each other are writers. Yeah, they know each other are writers, and and I should say that the following scene after that is uh, Hongo at the temple, and that's when he has a nice kind of sit down with the ghost crew, and he actually it's it's interesting they have Hera and Kanan and and Ezra. And... <laughs> yes. No. Sorry. Sorry. I, um, I know. I couldn't help it. He know he like he figures out that Takeru's a dead guy, just like through the power of observation. He's like, you know, you're you're dead and you're trying to come back to life. Um, and th- this is also when Spectre gets introduced to the movie because he walks in on this. Um, but uh, no, there's yeah, there's a funny part where where Hongo's like, you know, so nowadays writers can even be you know, the undead. Like times have really changed. <laughs> Right, um, but uh, yeah, actually, so th- this part is sort of important because <laughs> back in my day, we killed the undead. Yeah, this is important because this is when he mentions where they sort of imply, you know, the, the existence of the other riders and all that. He says, you know, I had many friends all around the world, and uh, you know, and you know, Takara. Uh, what I like about this is is Takara is like immediately he's like, you know. You're a comrade one. You're my senior. You know, please help me out. You know, like he immediately like defaults to him or defers to him, I should say, as you know, he's a senior rider and everything. Like he's the senpai 
which I thought was cool. But um, yeah, th- there's there's been a couple scenes between Hongo and and uh, Takeru, like up to this point, up to up to the point I jumped ahead to, but they keep sort of like the thing is Hongo he's sort of in a way almost given up being rider one like not really but you know because he because he he knows something is wrong because he keeps you know <clears throat> grabbing his chest I mean, and all that um and he's, then he's trying to avoid it as much as he yeah, can he's trying to avoid it and and mayu even is like i don't want you to fight i want you to you know be okay and everything because she knows something is up with him as well um, in fact, I think she knows even before, or, or almost like as soon as the first time they meet, she knows something is up with him. So, uh, because like later on, you know, after the power has gone out, there's this part where, um, you know, t- uh, Takeru and Makoto find them and they're like, we need your help, Rider One. And he's like, I can't, I can't go with you now. I got to stay with her. Right. And, you know, Spectre's like, ah, oh, we don't need the old guy. And, you know, Takeru is kind of, he's a bit more torn up over it. Um, so there's a, there's a fight scene between Nova Shocker right outside their headquarters, I should mention, and Ghost Inspector, where somehow Ghost Inspector managed to lose, but that's only because the Nova Shocker guys, as bad as they are about the whole evil plan thing, they are pretty good at fighting. So, you know, even though they don't want to take over the world by force... They're really great when it comes to a fight. <laughs> yeah. So they, they kick their butts uh, pretty pretty much. All right. So um, there is one other scene that I forgot to mention. And I can't believe I did because it's like one of the best parts of the movie. But it's before... Uh, before the scene where Hongo and Mayu are going out, on, like the the montage of you know follow, take your daughter to work day and all that. Um, before all that, there's a scene where once again at the, this school, they must have like the most you know relaxed uh, background check <laughs> there is because not only do they let Takeru you know pose as a teacher and then Akari poses as a teacher, they let them. Like be in the same room at the same time, and then welcome in Mr. Hongo to give a lecture to the students. I was I was genuinely hoping it was going to be the bald monk. Uh, surprisingly, you know, he's got some funny bits in this movie, but he's pretty minor compared, like compared to uh, the others. Yeah, okay. You know, he he's there, but um, yeah, no, there there wasn't anything like that, sadly. But there is a there's a nice scene where. Hongo comes in, and once again, this is one of those moments where you can tell Fujioka <clears throat> was behind this scene because it's really good, and it's very much uh, it, it's the core of of what he said he wanted to bring to the movie, which was sort of this message for young people, which is about you know what what is uh, you know what does it mean to to live, and you know what's the importance of it, and the importance of life and all that. And it's this really kind of deep message. And, and actually it's something that he, he poses to, to Keru when, you know, he says, I'm, I'm dead and I'm going to fight to, to get back to life and all that. And so he's like, well, what is, uh, you know, what do you think, what does that mean? What does it mean to live? 
what you know what's the importance of life and all that and he says that's your homework like that's what you've got to <laughs> as your as your you know teacher that's your homework so so we have this great scene where uh that happens where he's given the speech and um so anyway so yeah let me let me get back on track so that's all that's that's happened in the movie up to this point so where we're at now is uh yeah japan is without power uh hongo doesn't really want to be rider one anymore ghost inspector are getting their butts kicked and and trying to figure out how they can win and the so, government's handed over power the, to the them. government yeah the government handed over power so what happens is at this point so nova shocker is like all right this is pretty good let's let's like let's see what happens when we turn the dial up all the way like i don't i I, I guess well i guess that was like the plan i guess they're like all right we've restored power but that's not good enough like we want we want more and this is again this is why i don't understand the plan exactly so hang on so nova shocker is ruled by tim the Toolman taylor from uh home improvement i guess i I guess so yeah pretty much so they you know they pushed up to 11 and again we get this great montage where like all across japan lights are exploding tv screens are exploding computers are exploding and then apparently like this goes like all like completely out of control because like environmental you know protection things are failing so like trees start catching on fire and flowers start like it, it just it, it gets ridiculous what yeah like i can't explain it like like sewage plants just start like pumping into the rivers and stuff like I, it's weird like it's it's the that weirdest weird. thing yeah it's the weirdest thing um and again, so we again get this, you know, meeting between like the prime minister and, and Noah Shock, where he's like, you know, your stupid energy thing just like is is killing the environment. And, you know, my TV blew up. And like, what are you guys playing at? And he's like, well, if you sign this, you know, new plan of ours, then, then everything will be OK. <laughs> And, and he said, no, of course not. That's ridiculous. I, pretty much, I think, because the next time we see Nova Shocker, they have completely changed um, what their <laughs> agenda is. So I guess the take over the world through the economy thing didn't exactly work out. So, all right. So what happens is um, we get back to, uh, let me think now. All right. We're out in the woods and uh, Hongo's chopping some... <laughs> Sorry, just and I, there's an environmental disaster going on. We cut to Hongo in the woods cutting down a tree. Yeah, he's he's, he's chopping some wood, and uh, you know, Takara and everybody show up, and they're like, "What are you doing?" You know, like Japan's going to hell. We need some help. And he's like, you know, all in good time. Um, <laughs> it's not time for me to intervene yet. But people are dying. Yes. Yes, they are. Well, all right. Here's the thing: no, nobody's dying yet. That's the important thing to know. Nobody has actually died, at least on well, screen. I was going to say, if, yeah, if electricity is going nuts, there's like hospitals and <laughs> stuff like that is probably going wrong. Maybe, maybe that's the implication. The the writer was not thinking about that, though. I can tell you that much because they're they're like they're not desperate. They're just kind of like you know, Hongo. Once again, I'm going to ask you. We really need your help because things are are getting kind of crazy here. 
But he's like, all right, can you guys help me out? So he has them help out, like, you know, Takara's chopping wood, and Takara's trying to start a fire. (laughs) Okay. Honestly, like, here's the thing. As, As goofy as this sounds... When I was watching it, I'm like, I'm on board. I'm following you. Like, sounds, I want to see where this goes. Not, it sounds nonsensical. Ongo, we need you to help us because electricity is out and people are dying. You're right. Here, have an axe. Cut down this tree. <laughs> and I want you to start a fire. I want you to... Listen, dead boy, just because you're dead doesn't mean you don't get to work out. You go over there. And... I don't know. I, okay. I, I can't explain it. All right, so they're, they're helping him with his housework, his yard work. Well, actually, no, I can't explain it. I'll tell you what. You know what it is, right? It's that if you – and this was a problem that was often the case with Kamarai uh, the First and, and the Next by the same author, I should mention, is that he tends to like to have multiple plots going at once that don't necessarily connect until, like, the very end. So really, outside of the times when Ghost uh, and company have been fighting them, like Nova Shocker have had nothing to do with anything else in the movie thus far. Like Shocker, you know, Hongo has fought Shocker. Shocker is going after Mayu. Like that all makes perfect sense. The stuff with Nova Shocker and the energy and all that, that's like, it might as well be happening on another planet. <laughs> you know, because like nothing that they're doing is having any influence on anything else other than oh the power went out yeah but you know whatever we can just turn on these flashlights and and walk home whereas you know when we're focusing in on on nova shocker and the political machinations and all that it's like it's almost like another movie completely yep. it's not quite as bad as as in like come on the next where it really was like two movies at war with each other but you can it, It's easier. Like it sounds crazy when I'm explaining it to you, but when you watch it, like it's easier to see why nobody would really care about what Nova Shark is doing because it's not. It's not directly influencing them at all, other than which, you know that times the times when they fight each other in the street, <laughs> which is good because this plan is supposed to be working behind the scenes. Like I guess so. Yeah. So I guess it's successful in that regard. I don't know. All right, so anyway, um, eventually, like, back to, you know, classic Shocker. They find that uh, Ambassador Hell has crawled out of his crypt on his own, and he's actually, he's he's kind of, like, sucking the life force out of guys. Because he's like, you know, screw this, I'm not waiting around anymore. I'm coming back to life on my own. <laughs> so they set out, they're going to they're gonna try to find um, Mayu and Hongo themselves, which they do. So there's you have this great scene where um, uh, Hongo uh, had he had just had another like heart attack he collapsed and uh, you know Takeru's like what's wrong and and Mayu you know finally explains that like, yeah all these years of fighting and and traveling around the world and everything they're just they're starting to take their toll on him like even his cyborg body it's not enough he can't is, is that why he looks old. I guess so, yeah. I guess that's why he's aged, too. Like he's... I remember you telling me back yes. when Let's Go came out, you were yep. like, the reason... He's like, I don't want to see them out of the suit because right. they're not supposed to have aged at all. They should look that's exactly right. yeah. the same. That's right. And I think that's something where eventually, at some point, they just decided, well, we either stick to that or we 
you know, and then we never have the guys appear out of suit again, or we do it okay. this way. And yeah. I wonder if they were influenced a bit by the Ultraman movies and, and the shows where they'd have them on. Um, because, I mean, Even if you think Sentai. about it. Yeah, the Sentai too, but especially Ultraman. Because if you think about it, it makes... Like, I can kind of see you being like, all right, this guy's a cyborg, but he's still, you know, he was human and it's it's Earth technology and all that. So it's only going to be so good. Whereas, like, say, you know, in Ultraman's case, it's like, these guys are already, like, thousand-year-old aliens. Why would they age in human form when that's supposed to be, like, a disguise, you know? Um, yeah. It's that kind of thing. So I, I think at some point they just decided, well, you know, either there's there's sticking to the, the story logic or there's do we want to see the guys out of suit again? And, you know, I get it. I mean, this movie... I mean he's only he's a cyborg. Like, he's still got... Right, human bits. So sure. I mean, they could be aging, and yeah, sure, sure. You know, did they mention in the original show? Did they say, "Oh, he won't age because of his cyborg parts"? Um, or was that just something that was like extrapolated? I think that was something that was extrapolated. I can't recall if it's ever like said in the dialogue, but there's plenty of times when they could have said it. So I'm, I don't remember. Off the well, I just wonder if they, if if they'd said it, they could be like, "Well, we were wrong." Like, yeah. <laughs> You know, we we never done this before. This is our first time. Turns yeah. out we we're wrong. No, it's it's like it's one of those things that had just kind of been accepted for the longest time. That like yeah, yeah of course they're not going to age. They're cyborgs and all that. Um, you know, and it, I, I can go either way on it. You know, if if they suddenly decide one day, yeah, that's how it's going to be, then sure. But you know, like this movie without you know Fujioka, in it would not work. So. I get, you know, wanting to do it this way and having, so you can have the actual guy show up and everything. Right. Um, but actually that it's good that you bring that up because again, it sort of ties into where this is all heading and why I think it's a little strange that they use the costume the way they do. Um, but I'll, I'll get to that when we get to it. Okay. Okay. So, uh, so Hongo collapses and they, so they've got him in a bed. Um, so anyway, but Chaka comes, you know, walking through the woods and everything, Ambassador Hell and everybody. It's pretty cool. And I, sh- I should also say, but like by this point, you know, as much as I, I like the designs, the Nova Chaka guys and all that, they've really kind of, they've come across as such a bunch of goofballs in their plan that like when the classic guys show up, it's like, finally you know like the <laughs> real God. thing is here like to save us you know and these are like these are the you know guys from the 70s with the the kind of goofy attraction show suits and everything so they're not like they're not the most you know physically imposing force but even then like just by comparison you're like you know finally like some real bad guys have shown up you know like now we can get going so uh so they appear and you, you have this great scene where you know, Hongo confronts Ambassador Hell, and um, it's sort of interesting that they decided to go with this character for this movie because, uh, you know, out of all the villains in the original show, um, like the main ones, I mean, I think most most people would probably agree that, like, Dr. Shinigami, he's kind of the definitive original series uh, villain. Like, he's, you know, he's the, the, you may know him as the alter ego of Ikadevil. Um, yes. And he's been, you know, he was in All Rise versus Die Shocker. 
uh, and he's just he's a really really classic iconic guy. You know, he's one of my favorites. I I think he is the best Comrade villain, hands down. Um, you know, but then the other ones are pretty cool too. You know, Colonel Zol, Black Shogun, and all that. And Ambassador Hell has always been interesting because, like, if I had to rank the the four like the four big guys, the original show, he'd be last. But it's not really because he's bad. It's just I like the other ones more. And yet at the same time, like, in terms of to the character of Hongo, like, who is the most significant? Far and away, it's Ambassador Hell because he, like, when he came into the show and when he left the show, Hongo was the guy in charge. Whereas with the other ones, it was, you know, with Ryder 2 or, or whatever. So, like, I can see the whole idea of, like, really connect, like, really linking these two characters together. Like, they have a real history with each other. Um, yeah. You know, so, so that you get this great moment where Hongo sees him and it's like he hasn't he really does like Fujioka is really good here where he like really plays it like he hasn't seen this guy for 40 something years and it's not even the same guy I mean not the same actor but he still he treats it like it is and it's it's a really cool moment where he's like oh my god like he's back and they're like how you know how can he be back and, and actually he has this great line where he's like you know my name is you know ambassador hell of course i can come back to life you know like <laughs> you know i'm an ambassador I'm going you know, back to the if, if if i go to hell i just come back like <laughs> duh I, I love the idea that in japan there's like a building that's like hell's embassy on earth <laughs> yeah mr ambassador you know so um so this is where i find out the whole the whole deal with uh mayu actually is that she has somehow within her uh an icon which is the alexander the great icon okay yeah now this was one of those things where i was kind of like oh, i don't know because it seemed like this would have been a great way to to bring in something where like something tied into common writers history a bit more you know what i mean like if you were gonna if you had to create if you're doing a, a Comrade 45th anniversary movie and you're like, all right, we need a new icon to sell and it's got to be somebody like really important and significant and, and you know, it's kind of got to be like the ultimate treasure for Common Rider. Like, who would you pick, you know? Yeah. You know, yeah. like for me, I, I'd probably be like, well, you could do the Ishinomori icon, which they actually are making. Uh, you could do like a great leader icon or something, or you know, you could even use the like the rider one icon that they're going to do, or something or a, like that. Tachibana icon. Yeah, Tachibana the, icon. There you go. Yeah, that would that would seem thematically to fit. Yeah, like that it's his granddaughter. Yeah, exactly. Something like that. So it seemed like a, a strange choice to go in, uh, a strange direction to go in, um, but. Yeah, that's that's what it is. So basically, uh, we get this cool little flashback actually, where Ambassador Hell in you know the the world of the dead or whatever is like, I was approached by a guy who told me I needed to get this icon to fu to fully restore myself. That's the thing is he's like back to life, but he's not fully restored. He's kind of you know he needs to like feed on guys to 
you know, feed on it. Yeah, yeah, to uh, replenish himself and everything. So he's like, but if I get that icon, then I am I'm back to life for good. Um, but so there's this cool scene where he's told by this guy he needs it. And the guy actually is, I believe he is the villain from the, um, those little YouTube shorts that they've been putting out the, with the legend rider, um, icons. Have you seen any of those? Oh yeah. I haven't seen the short, but I know who you mean. Yeah. Yeah. So that's kind of a cool way to, to link those together. So I don't think they're subbed. I don't think there's any subs of them yet. Right. Okay. Well, there hasn't been since my internet's been so patchy and I haven't looked. Right. So, um, yeah, so that's why he needs that. So suddenly it's like, all right, as far as Shocker's motivation in this movie, it makes perfect sense to me. They wanted to bring back Ambassador Hell because he's, you know, a big, powerful bad guy. He needs this icon so he can, you know, come back to life 100%. Makes sense, right? Yep. Okay, so they manage to uh, capture Mayu, and uh, the bad guy or the good guys go after him. So we get this cool fight uh, where once again Hongo finally transforms into Rider One. And so this has been like I don't know, like a half hour or something since we've seen Rider One in the Rider One movie. Uh, but he's finally back. Him and Ghost inspected everybody. I, I would imagine. The, uh, the what's his name? The guy who plays Hongo, um, okay. um Fuji, uh, sorry, Fujioka. Fujioka, yeah. I would, I mean, he's seventy years old. Mm. You know, like surely there's only so much he can physically do before he's like, you know what, guys, like I can't be in every scene, right? Because I, I would just die. See, but here's the weird thing, right? is that he like Fujioka is in almost every scene like from the from the moment when he showed up to save Mayu and transformed into Rider 1 the first time um he's been in almost every scene since then like other than the ones involving the bad guys yeah like, anytime you know Takeru's there or Mayu's there or whatever he's not far behind so it's interesting to me that in a lot of ways, there's more, there's way more Hongo in this movie than there is Rider One. Right. Like, well, yeah, but in Rider One, like he, he'd have to. I suppose he doesn't have to fight. There's a stunt guy for that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Is it just out of interest? No, it's probably not. But it's not the original stunt guy, is it? Like that guy's probably no. well and truly. Yeah. And, well, and actually, no. He's uh, like the main one's still around. Like the original Rider One stunt guy. Oh, okay. Um, but the guy in the Rider One suit, I believe, is Jiro Okamoto, who uh, most people are going to know him as Black Black RX, uh, right? ZOJ. I think he was Shin also, and he's he's often been kind of like not the secondary rider, but maybe like a third or fourth rider in a lot of shows, and like Oja and Liangle. And and lately he's mostly been just doing the movies, I think, like movie characters and stuff. But he's he's another long time stunt guy, so Right. You know, like I guess about as prestigious as you could get without going to like the original Rider One <laughs> stunt guy, you know. So Makes sense. Yeah. Um so yeah, so we got another big cool fight and uh Nova Shocker shows up because 
at this point, they've just completely given up on the whole control the economy thing. And they've said, you know what? You know that that Alexander the Great icon? We want that. <laughs> and the reason they show up is it turns out one of the shocker monsters that's been running around the whole time was actually on their side the whole time. He said, Turn, you know, turn, yeah, turn. He, he turned coats and says, you know, I want to stick with the guy. I want to be on the winning side. Because I don't think he's been paying attention to what they've been doing the whole movie. <laughs> so huh? so he joins them. Uh, Ambassador Hell's mad, so he starts kicking. He actually, he fights a lot of guys in this movie. Like, I was surprised how much, uh, like, physical action they have him do. Like, he is in the fight scenes. He's beating people up. It's pretty cool. And he's got this. This is, Fuji, this is the guy who plays Ambassador Hell. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I mean. Or the stunt guy who's in, Ambassador um, Hell. In All Riders vs. Die Shocker, I kind of remember him mostly being like a stand around and talk kind of character, you know, and then he turned into a monster at the end. But like in this movie, like he is actually like punching guys and whipping guys because he's got this whip weapon. So he's like choking everybody with it. And it's pretty yeah. cool. Um, so, yeah, so we have this big fight. And essentially, uh, at this point, like classic Shocker is pretty much decimated because you got, you know, the riders there. And uh, so Nova Shocker manages to get the Alexander the Great icon, and uh, Wolga swallows it or whatever. He you know activates it and kind of gets absorbs absorbs its power or whatever, and he gets this big fancy coat and a big sword. Um, and you know the impact is so much, and and also yeah, uh, Rider One jumps to save Mayu because she's kind of like suspended in the air. And uh, so he saves her, but he gets, like, thrown, like, super hard into this cliff. Right. So this is the point where Hongo essentially dies. Really? Yes. They really did it. They really did it. They killed all Hongo. Now, for, like, ten minutes? Because... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's what I figured. Now, all right. I was, okay. I was like, there is no way yeah, you would not be no this way. upset. Yeah, like you would be that would you would have led with that, yeah. and you would hate this movie if they'd killed him. Killed well, him. here's yeah, here's the thing, right? Because going into this one, I remember you know they were teasing that in the trailers and everything. They're saying it's the last day of Hongo, it's the last transformation, all this stuff. And I remember like for a while there was a part of me that was like, you know what, they could do it, and if they did it, I wouldn't be unopposed as long as it was done well like if if fujioka had been like you know what guys i love you know playing comrade everything but i think it's it's a good time like this is a great I'm time so, to... i'm really old <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm old this is a big movie i i feel like this is a good note to bow out on um and you know and if they'd done it and it had been this really great kind of dramatic... Like, to me, I, I've always pictured, like, if Rider 1 is going to die, he's got to die in, like, a real big way. You know, almost like, you know, saving saving the city or something like that, you know? Yeah. And, and then I think back to, well, there was a time when him and Rider 2 did exactly that and they survived a nuclear blast, so probably nothing's going to kill him. <laughs> um. So I don't know, I you know, but there was a part of me that was like they could do it, and I might be okay with it if it was done well. But the thing is, the closer we got to the movie, and the more they pushed it, 
And the fact that they were like showing, you know, in the trailers, like, you know, Mai was like, Takashi, and, you know, they're showing his like dead body and everything. And then the soundtrack came out. And I had a real good laugh over this because there is a track <laughs> near, like, near the close to the end. So at the point when he probably would have died, where like the name of the track is literally The Immortal Hongo. <laughs> So right. I'm like, well, I guess he's dying. It was uh, it was the Qui Gon's noble end of exactly. That's exactly what I thought of at the time because I, I remember. For those that. who don't know, on the Star Wars Episode One soundtrack, yep. there was a track near the end called uh, Qui Gon's noble end, and that spoiled a lot of people who put the soundtrack <laughs> on the fact that Qui Gon Jinn was going to die at the end of Star Wars. Yeah, that's right. Exactly. So, uh, yeah, so they think he's dead. So, actually, you know, speaking of Star Wars, they decide to have, like, a Return of the Jedi <laughs> funeral pyre for him. <laughs> <laughs> Where uh, it's, yeah, Takaro and his friends and Maya are there. Do any of the armor? Um, no, he's detrans. He's, like, back to Hongo by this point. He's still got the belt on. Like, that's, right. that's stuck on him, apparently. But Well, I mean, it, it always was stuck on him, but even in death, it stays on him. Um well, the belt does it just when it's not there, like when you can't see it. Yeah, is it just invisible? Is that the idea, or is it just? I guess it's, like I guess it's just invisible because there actually is a time um, early on with, with Rider Two where there's there's a part where he like gets out of bed and he's in his pajamas, <clears throat> and you know he pulls them open and the belt is there. So like the implication is it's always kind of stuck on him, right? But then it can also come and go as they please. So I, I think it's sort of. <clears throat> It's you know there's there's wiggle room like how so it's you not like, do it. It's like cougars where it comes out of him or yeah. I think it's kind of like that. It's just it's they never they never make a point of showing it too much. Like so it leaves it up to you. You know it's like how whenever and again they stick with it in this movie when he transforms the belt is just there. You know yeah. Which which I kind of like because it like it's a nice way of like keeping with how they did it in the old days. But also sort of almost like acknowledging it, but not quite. You know what mm. I mean? Like, I don't know. I, I think it's cool that they do that. But so anyway, so, so yeah, they set him on fire and uh, Spectre's getting his ass kicked by um, Nova Shocker because, and now this this is where things really get weird, is the uh, Wolga, who's got the Alexander the Great coat on now, uh, is just going completely nuts and he starts fighting his own guys. And he ends up, you know, the lady who never transforms into a monster, he ends up killing her rather graphically. Like, there's a lot of blood in this scene. Mm. You know, like, she's like, you're going nuts, you're out of control. And he, like, just beats the heck out of her. And um, the other guy's like, uh-oh. <laughs> That's um, not good for us. Yeah, yeah. So, at this point, Nova Shocker has pretty much just completely fallen apart. Um, so, uh, yeah, so Ghost runs off to, to fight those guys, uh, and his friends go off too, so Mayo's left there with, uh, the, the burning pyre of, uh, Hongo, and, uh, then there's this kind of cool bit where, like, the flames start to swirl around, and, and and I guess this is why he had the belt on the whole time, because we see them kind of, the belt is what's causing it, and the fire starts to kind of go into the belt, um, 
and then like the flames are like shooting up and and they kind of form into this giant almost like phoenix right which is pretty cool looking and then and then the funeral pyre explodes and that's where we get that cool shot of rider one at nighttime you know walking through the fire yeah so hongo is resurrected but as a zombie i i get i don't know like (laughs) i'm still not entirely sure what it is that resurrects him other than the fact that as he said many years ago kamen rider is immortal and (laughs) i don't doubt it because apparently he is um now Tucker together we'll find a way to come back to life yeah exactly now yeah this is one of those things where like I didn't mind it at all because I'm like killing off Kamen Rider uh, or killing off Rider 1 like you know I said earlier it's it's the sort of thing where if you did it right I'd be okay with it but the more I was thinking about it like in in the ghost universe I know you're not caught up on uh ghost but in the last yeah, couple of weeks, it. like the last two or three episodes, they have been doing so much where they kill characters off and then they're fine, like five minutes later, or they tease killing somebody or like something like that. Like it's happened to like three or four different characters. Uh, and it's not, you know, it's not a bad thing because, I mean, the title of the show is Kamara and Ghost. So obviously, you know, death isn't going to stick. But in a movie where you've got you know, the Comrade Ghost characters, it probably doesn't work to kill off somebody for real. You know what I mean? Or, like, especially a character like Comrade 1. Like, if you were going to kill Comrade 1, I don't think you would do it in a movie where, you know, the only other Comrade is a guy who is literally trying to come back to life. Well, I thought that's where you were going when you said he hit the cliff and he was going to die and stuff. I thought... We were going to get this thing of Takaru going, like, going to get him, so to speak. Yeah. Like, bringing him back. Yeah. Like, Which... That was sort of where I thought you were going to go there. Yeah. I, I can see that. Um, and that might have been a better way to go. I mean, because... And, th- and this is where I, I, I will finally um, get to the thing I was saying earlier about the costume, right? So, at this point, Rider 1 is, you know, back to life. And for the rest of the movie, he is fine and dandy you know he is he's been restored he is i mean he's still you know he's still old fujioka but he's like got a second wind you know he's, mm-hmm. and, and it's actually really cool because up until this point you know if if i've felt like hongo is you know he's acting kind of differently than i would expect it or he's you know oh that's you know that's unusual i, I wouldn't expect to see that or whatever but like from this point on like he is he's the hongo character completely like he's exactly mm-hmm. how you would want to see him. So that's cool. Right. But uh from the costume point of view um like I think it actually would have made a lot more sense for them to use the old Rider 1 suit up until this point and then when he comes back to life that's when he has the new one. That's how I feel because they like they they make it very clear that like from this point on, like he is, he's resurrected. He's not going to have these heart attacks anymore. He is fine. So, doesn't it make sense for him to also have this new state? You know. Yeah. And it, it's especially made clear by the fact that in the next scene, like he, you know, he gets up. He's like, "All right, I'm gonna, you know, time to go to work." 
the next scene is the one that we've seen in the trailers where he goes and gets the Neo Cyclone. Like the new bike. Right. So uh, he didn't have it up until this point? No, he didn't. Was and he riding anything? He wasn't. It, and it's really funny because until then, I didn't even think about it. Like until uh, that point, I'm like, you know what? That's it. That's what Kamara has been missing this whole movie is he didn't have his bike. Has Ghost been riding his? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Right. He's got his bike. But, um, yeah, so this is the part where he goes to get Neo Cyclone. It's a really cool scene. And also, another thing that's cool, actually, is um, this is when uh, Hongo gets his leather jacket as well because through the whole movie, he's been wearing this other jacket and a lot of the, like, photos and stuff we've seen, he had this uh, this black leather one, you know? Like, in a lot of clips and stuff like that. And so there's actually this kind of, this moment where it's almost like he's becoming the character again. Like, he takes off, you know, he's got this green jacket, he takes that off, you see his uh, his big guns, and actually something they did that I thought was really cool is he's got kind of like these scars on his arms which are like the surgical scars oh cool like yeah that's a really cool because you know that's something that they uh in in Ryder tyson they did it when he transformed like the the scars on his face that appear and disappear but here they're like let's show you the scars on like the rest of his body that are kind of almost like permanent um which is cool because as far as i can remember we've never seen you know hongo shirtless since the old days, maybe. So, it's <laughs> kind of cool. It, actually, it's just his arm. He's, he's got like a tank top on. But, um, so yeah, so he puts on the leather jacket. He, he's he got a photo of Tachibana that he picks up off the ground. He's just like, let's go, Pops, you know, one more time. And, uh, yeah, so he rides to the rescue. And, and from there on, it's pretty much the final fight of the movie, which is ghost inspector and rider one fighting um wolga and buffle and uh the remaining nova shocker guys and uh ambassador hell who's sides with them actually like he joins with the good guys because he's like you know i don't like common rider but i don't like these guys even more so <laughs> let's kill him um so the final battle is interesting because in a lot of the movies, you know, the recent team-ups and, and Tysons and all that, there's always, like, the big CGI monstrosity at the end and all that. Oh, uh, my least favorite part. Yeah, that's not in this movie. This movie, Hooray! yeah, this movie, it's it's a bunch of guys fighting in the street. Um, And really, the only downside I would say is I kind of wish the music was a bit more classic <laughs> um like I, I think i said it earlier like the score in this movie is not bad but it's just kind of new stuff and like this is the point where like you really want to hear like the rider one you know let's go rider kick like the theme song and everything yeah um we don't get that what we do get is there's a part where ghost and specter they use the legend rider icon so they turn into like double uh oh you know double through uh drive like the the jackets that yeah. they have for them and you get like little pieces of their music oh that's kind of cool. cool yeah that's that's nice um and, and it shows that they those net movies count yes exactly they count uh there's a great part where specter he's got the forza one so he like lifts up a bunch of guys they fly up into space <laughs> so he can do the <laughs> kick to them that was pretty cool 
Um, but yeah, so the final final battle, it's really different because it's just kind of a, a good old fashioned, you know, beat them up until they defeat the bad guys. Uh, and I, I also like there's a really cool part where like the riders are kind of cornered by the monsters and Ghost, he sort of finally understands that thing that, you know, that Hongo asked him about, like the meaning of life and all that. And he's like, it's all about, you know, it's about the people around us and and how we're all connected and everything and you know we're, we're we we live for ourselves and we live for each other and all that and he's like right now in this moment i feel connected to to rider one and to makoto um so they they win of course you know common rider wins uh they get a triple kick on the, the main bad guy so uh, apparently the the power of alexander the great is is not enough <laughs> to contain Kamen Rider. And uh, and that's pretty much it. So then we get the last scene in the movie, which is, you know, everybody kind of says their goodbyes. Hongo has decided he's going to, you know, go off and continue traveling the world. So he says goodbye to Mayu. And, uh, and then, yeah, so we get one last moment between him and um, Takeru, which actually has been in the trailers. And this, this is something like, Again, going back to the whole, like, does Hongo die thing. I remember speculating, oh, he doesn't die because there's this scene where he's talking, Hongo and um, Takara talking, and Takara's in a different shirt. Because, <laughs> you know, he changes the shirts all the time. Yeah, which, something which that, bothers you greatly. It, it bothers me greatly because he's a dead guy, but he's able to change his clothes. <laughs> so in every, like, scene I was seeing in the movie, it's like, oh, he's got the, you know, like, the pink one that I really like, the you know, the original one that he had. But then at the end, he's he's changed out of it, and so I remember seeing that that clip, and I'm like, "Oh, that's funny. I wonder when that takes place in the movie." But uh, he says, "You know, Hongo, uh, Takeshi Hongo, he's my eternal hero." Um, like he, the word he uses is AU, which is how they describe the the uh, the icon, like the people who you know their their souls are in the icons. I was I was asking, or I was going to ask you, like, what is the um, how do they say that in the subtitles? Uh, do you know? Offhand? I think they just say. I think it's might be soul, but I could be wrong. Give okay. me, give me. Keep talking. I'll, I'll, I'll pop one open in another window with the sound off, and I'll, I'll see if I can see it. All right. Well, just like whatever you know, any great person or whatever. Um, yeah. You know, but it's it just it's it's cool because they mentioned that there was a scene earlier where like he was basically telling Hongo about like how his you know how the powers work like with the icons. He's like, I gotta get the icons, and I got the, I gotta get the, you know, I gotta befriend these these great people and everything like that. So, uh, at the end, for him to kind of say, you know, like, for me, you know, the the great guy is is you. It was just this really like touching moment, and you know if if Rider One dying and and then not dying was kind of this moment that probably maybe should have been a bit a bit more emotional, but but wasn't because I didn't you know I didn't think he was really dead. Like this, on the other hand, was a moment that like really kind of hit me. Like it was so well delivered. Yeah. Um. Because I've been doing an absolutely lousy job of explaining it, but like the relationship between Takeru and Hongo in this movie is so good. And yeah. it really is probably like the best. I mean, 
Mentor? Fi, well, Fies and X is pretty close, but yeah, that this, was one, this one might just top it. It's the best, like, rider-to-rider interaction that I can think of. That, and that one got hampered by the need for them to have the Heisei Showa yeah, fight. Yeah, the, the fighting, yeah, that part kind of messed with it. So without that, it's it's just really good. Like, it's, oh, it's good stuff. So it's worth the price of admission. To go back to what you were saying before, in the first episode when the hermit's talking to him, uh, he says, around the world there are many icons with the souls of luminaries resting in them. Luminaries, so, okay. That's probably the, what they're going with. In other words, an icon is the soul of a luminary. All right, yeah. Yeah, because AU is like a, a great person or a great hero. That's um, the TV Nihon. All right. Subs. All right. We should mention that. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, just to be specific, that's the TV Nihon. Um, but, uh, yeah, no, I, I, just, I thought that was really, it was a nice moment. And uh, so from there, yeah, Hongo drives off and we get a cool scene where he transforms on the bike because they finally play the new version of Let's Go Rider Kick, uh, which is orchestral, actually. It's the, the Rider right. Chips sing to an orchestra, which is interesting. Uh, and then and then we get the end credits, and it's pretty much it's almost kind of like a Jackie Chan movie where it's like showing behind the scenes stuff, like nobody getting injured or anything, but um, like outtakes. Yeah, like outtakes and stuff. I feel like they used to do that. Um, I so I'm sure they, was, was it photos? Because I'm sure I remember they, yeah, things. Yeah, that's right. Like they've done with... they've done photos, uh, especially right. in the director's cuts. Because I remember the the Mega Max director's cut has some great ones. That's the one I'm thinking yeah. of, where it's, it's them all teary with the yeah. flowers. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's pretty much it. So yeah, we get the we get the end theme. There's another theme at the end, uh, like a new one, which is okay. But uh, yeah, there you go. So overall, it's a it's a weird movie, but I really like it. Um, now, one thing, like, right off the bat, somebody asked me, like, do you think it's better than uh, Ryder Tyson or, or Ryder 3, like, Tyson GP? And I don't know. Like, parts definitely are better. And then there's other parts where it's like, well, I don't know. I kind of like how those movies do it. Like, I mean, I'll tell you one thing. The, the, the villains in those movies are way much... better. <laughs> you know, how <laughs> much more it's, effective it's... scheme. It's funny how often the writer movies are not let down, but like lessened by the villains. Like how they just can't quite seem to get them right more often than not. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, because I, I have found, at least in the last couple of years, I've thought that oftentimes the villains are one of the better parts, whereas it's like the heroes you wish would just stop messing around, fight each other, and just I mean, G- confront GP the villains, was, you know? GP was pretty good overall. Yeah. But then you had the, the big supercomputer thing, which was a bit, eh, I didn't like that as much. But, I, um, yeah, see, I, to me, that's still one of, that's one of the, like, the whole, you know, we were just pretending thing. I, I, I don't like it when the heroes do that, but to me, like, the villains doing it was perfect. And, like, that is one of my favorite twists I think in any Ryder movie, because I wasn't expecting that when they were gonna when Yuto goes down into the basement and finds out the computer is actually the great leader. I yeah. love that moment. <laughs> I yeah, mean, yeah, uh, like the giant robot that was kind of goofy, but 
I don't know. I, I, I tend to be a little bit more... Oh, this... Like, I give the villains a little bit more leeway for goofy stuff, as long as it makes sense. Like, the... The end goal has to make sense. The methodology used to get there, that can be kind of wacky. I, and I think the problem with Nova Shocker is I don't know what their end goal is because it keeps changing. They're like, we want to take over the world through the economy, but we're going to do it in the most, like, in your face. You know, we're going to go out and fight guys. We're going to, you know, it just, it doesn't work, um, I hate to say. And every, and every time they get to a point where they've not achieved their goal, but, like, taking a positive step in that direction it sounds like they then turn around and do something to undercut themselves they really do and maybe that's the point like maybe they're supposed to like maybe the idea was supposed to show that you know these are the guys who are like oh we don't need the old ways anymore we can do our you know our own thing the new way and everything but they're they're kind of incompetent at it Mm. um because I don't know, you, I think you really come out of this movie thinking like this, you know, the, this guy, the Wilga guy, who's supposed to be this like genius character who is like, I'm so smart, I don't need Shocker, I'm leading my own guys, we're doing our own thing, we're controlling the world and secret and all that. Like, he just ends up looking like a doofus because he's like, not only did I fail at that, I also didn't understand the power of this icon thing, which you know made me go nuts and kill my own guys and everything. Like he really does not come out of it looking like you know this mastermind villain. So I don't know. I I think if it had been up to me, I would have scrapped all that. I would have scrapped the Civil War stuff, and I would have just been like, Shocker wants to do this. Kamara's got to stop it. You know, keep it simple. That would have been perfectly okay. <laughs> But. So sometimes it sounds like, and this goes back to the show, I say yep. one, and even the GP one, because the GP one, I remember the GP one lost me was the car race. Yeah. Um, it, it feels like that. It's like we've got this really great idea, and and then they, they get to a point, they add in something. They it feels like they just need someone at the in the last stage to go. Listen, guys, you're really onto something here. Just get rid of this. You know, because every one of them has just one thing where you're like, if you didn't have that, then try this other thing. Yeah, that that is often the case, I think. I mean, it's funny because this movie being more back to basics uh, than the others. I mean, like I, you know, described that the final battle is, is a much simpler sequence than in some of the other recent movies and, and the story in general i mean it's not juggling you know ten thousand riders and multiple dimensions and time travel and all that it's a really simple story about you know an old hero coming back for for one more go and you know sort of imparting some wisdom onto the next generation and everything like it's it's really great it's just on top of that you have this the story with the bad guys which is just kind of it's more complicated than it needs to be and I think the the story of you know wanting to resurrect Ambassador Hell, um, who by the way has a very strange uh, demise in this movie because he he sticks around until the end, he helps the good guys win, uh, and then he's like he's you know he's all beaten up and everything, so he's got the icon the Alexander the Great one, and then crushes it and is like, you know I don't really need this I you know. It, if if I can't come back under my own power, then then what good am I? Which is this kind of like this weirdly you know insightful like revelation about the the character and all that is that like he like understands you know 
you know, Ryder One and I, or, or Conrad and I, we're going to be enemies forever, but, you know, I, I, I got to do it on my terms and everything. And, and that's kind of nice. But then what happens is he, like, falls over. His, like, head or his helmet kind of, like, blows up. And it turns out he's got this, like, weird, like, wig on. And he's, like, kind of screaming at Hongo. He's like, fight me, fight me. And Hongo's like, see you next time, and drives off. <laughs> It's okay. yeah, it's so it's stuff like that, and that, it's kind of it's sort of it's perfectly uh, it perfectly sums up the whole movie where it's like it's this weird mix of things that are great, things that are kind of dumb, but I still enjoy it. So yeah, <laughs> let me ask you this: you saw it, you saw it in a cinema full of people. Yep. Did that? How what was the vibe? Like, I mean, obviously it's a cinema, so they weren't like cheering or anything, but. Because Japanese, for those who don't know, in Japanese cinemas you don't really. Yeah, yeah, you're pretty quiet most of the time. But but like, did afterwards? Did you did you have any friends with you? Like, did you chat to other people and be like, what was the vibe? I went to this one alone. Um, although I'm gonna ask some of my friends later. I might see. Uh, well, I will be seeing it again actually because they got this great promotion where every week you get a different uh, set of cards when you go. So, <laughs> I gotta collect them all. Um. So I will be seeing it at least three more times. Uh, and uh, I don't know. The reaction was pretty good. Like, I mean, most people were like, hey, that was pretty interesting, you know, which actually can mean a lot of different things. So I don't know. But <laughs> we will see how it does. I know um, I I don't expect it to be the number one movie this weekend because, again, Batman, and Batman Superman, yep, just opened up a day Hello. earlier, too. So. Well, it'd be interesting to see with the reviews. Although I don't know how that affects Japanese audiences. Yeah, so. I don't know. We shall see. But uh, I don't know. I thought this one was pretty good. Uh, but I got to... Uh, well, I will go see it again, give it a few more viewings, and I'll see what others think. I, I, I assume it's not an Easter long weekend for you guys. Nope. Okay. No. Yeah, I didn't think so. Um, but... Uh... Yeah, I don't know. I this this is going to be an interesting movie. Like when it comes out, you know, when it hits the net to see what people think. I I think a lot of people will enjoy it because it's so different. Um but I think you'll also see a lot of people that might be a little disappointed that it's not quite the anniversary bash that some of the other movies have been. Mm. Like it's it's a really different kind of movie than than recent Ryder films, which you know, that's it, a good thing, but it's maybe not as good in some cases. So it, it's really just going to depend. Um, but I liked it. It's a crazy, crazy film with lots of strange things. But overall, I, I enjoyed it. So it was good to see Rider One back. Uh, you know, good to see Ghost and everything. So, so okay, so this was... So Rider One's in this. Then... Out the other side, we'll have the 40th anniversary. Um, well, this was sort of the 40th, 45th, right? Yep. So this was sort of the 45th film, but not really. We've still got a year of films to come. And is this taking the place of the superhero Tyson? This is, yeah. This, this takes the place of the superhero Tyson movie. Um, so we're guaranteed to at least have two more Rider films this year. I don't know if they're going to add more. There will be a, a ghost uh, summertime one along with Juoger. Uh, and presumably there will be a ghost and whoever the next writer is movie in December. I don't know if they'll have another one. I hope they will. Uh, right now, as far as like other stuff, we've got the Amazons thing coming out. 
um, next uh, Friday, actually. Uh, which, yeah, that's a weird one. Yeah, I, I don't quite know what to make of that at the moment. It, it looks interesting. Um, but I'll, I'll... So far, I think the, the cutest thing about it is that it's coming out on Amazon. Yeah, on Amazon. That's pretty cool. I don't know. We'll see. When that one uh, hits, I will I will share my thoughts on it. But as far as the... Rider 1 goes, I liked it. Well, the reason I was, I was about to ask was... Fujioka, as we say, he's getting on. Yep. He's he's probably only got so many rides left. Right. Do you do you want do you think if they did like a big get everyone back for one last you know, like not one last ride, but one last Hongo thing, do you reckon there's any chance of that? Like not ever like as many people as they can. Even if the human riders, the human forms don't show up until like you know, the end, like some sort of like, if, like you said, you'd be okay with Hongo dying if it was done well. Like, what if it was something like, you know, like Hongo goes out saving everyone. He's got this last moment with all the other riders sort of around him. Would you still like that or would it feel redundant now given what you just saw? Who, that's tough actually because, yeah, I think. I think given this, how this movie was promoted and given how it was hyped as being the end and all that and how it very clearly isn't the end um, I don't think you could do that story now right uh, at least not anytime within uh, I don't know I just I, I don't th- I don't think you could do it as well like the the last chance the last possible chance you would have to do it is the 50th anniversary mm-hmm. i don't know that's you know that's another five years or so or four years at least no five years sorry um my math is bad and um i don't know you know what shape things will be in by then fujioka is pretty superhuman but sad to say he is you know he's in the minority um how was so, it? How were his fights? This movie, like, was he, was he okay? Like, yeah, not bad. I mean, the thing is, he's sort of he's got to look like he's getting winded a lot because he's, yeah. you know. But like when he's driving around on the bike, he was fine. You know, at the end of the movie, like he's he's fine and everything. So, you know, he can he can still throw some punches and kicks and everything. So, you know, he's not gonna do any like handsprings or anything like that. But if he's got to just pull up on a bike and and you know, have a bar fight with some guys. He's fine. So, or they do a very good job of making it look like he's doing it. I don't know. <laughs> That's the magic of movies for you. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I, I think, um, I think if you really were going to do like the Rider one dies for real story, you could maybe get away with it for the 50th anniversary film. But, I think after this one, I probably wouldn't. I, I What I would do is, and I think this is what they really should do, or, or what they should be doing with Stronger and Rider-Man, uh, since their actors can't be around anymore, is you only have them show up, like, they're either there, you know, for the big, you know, when everybody is there and they're just part of the crowd, or if you're going to, like, focus on them, you make it count, like you make it really important, you know, like not just have them as, you know, throwaway jobber guys or whatever, which 
I mean, honestly, as much as I like him, that is something that both Ryder Tyson and, and Tyson GP are kind of guilty of is they would just, you know, throw these guys into random fights and all that. And yeah, I don't know. I, I kind of like treating like, especially the guys who can't reprise their roles. I kind of like treating them with a little bit more uh, reverence, I think. You know, yeah. Like if if you got the actor there and they're doing stuff, then fine. You can have them get you know kicked from one end of the city to the other. But especially with the the guys where they can't do that, I don't know. I th- I think I think it's good to be a bit more respectful. So. Um, yeah, I mean the good guys have know. to lose, uh, the good guys have to lose a little bit at some point. Oh to create sure. It. Yeah sure. There's I, th- there's that. I I I mean more in the sense of like, if you remember the first superheroes I said. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of things you can say about that movie. But uh, that was the one that came out right after um, Iraqi uh, uh, strongest actor passed away. And in that movie, you know, he's in the first scene there getting beat up by Captain Marvelous along with the other guys. And I know it's a big fake out and everything. But even then, I remember thinking, like, oh, that's that's not really great like especially and especially even more so you consider the movie right before that was mega max where that's probably the most like important and and significant stronger has been made to look in a long time you know like he was the, mm. the leader again so stuff like that i think you know i i'd like to see more of that as opposed to just he's a guy in a fight getting beat up and all that so like i know what you mean but um I don't know. I think um, it, it'll be interesting to see if there is any movie this year that actually does have, you know, all writers or a bunch of writers or whatever. Because, like, this is usually the time of the year when they would have done it and they didn't. So I wonder if they actually are thinking, all right, maybe let's let's rein it in for a while. Like, maybe let's not have all the old guys again until the 50th anniversary or whatever. Like, I don't know. It, it'll be interesting to see. Um, I would love for them to surprise you one day. Yeah. You know, like, you're watching the movie, and then suddenly Hongo is there, and you're like, oh, shit, yeah. he's there! Like, like, or yeah. one of the other. It doesn't have to be Hongo, but... Right. I mean, that that is one of the things... It's one of the... Probably the most frustrating things about being uh, a fan of... Not just Common Rider, but really... Well, I, I can't... Anything s- on the internet? <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I'm not sure where to draw the line, but at least in terms of being a Commander fan, is that they do tend to spoil everything for you. I, yeah, I'm, not even, I'm not even talking... To, well, I'm not even talking about the magazine scans and all that. I'm talking about, like, the company themselves. I mean, like I was saying there, the la- you know, the, la- the scenes in the trailer of this movie... The big fight scenes with Rider One and Ghost and everybody fighting everybody, those are all from the end. Those are after Hongo, you know, quote unquote dies. Mm-hmm. So like anybody watching the movie in theaters, like as I was sitting there in the theater and we reached the point where Hongo, you know, appears to die, I was like, Well, we've still got that big fight scene coming up. I would You know if, what I mean? Yeah, I, I would understand anyone who, who watches like Ghost or whatever. I would understand if you get to the point where the opening credits have switched over to the movie scenes. Yeah. I, I would understand stopping watching, like DVRing sure. it or holding them until after the movie's out and you can see it. Because 
I've often thought they're worse than the trailer because each week you get more scenes yeah. and there's only so many more scenes you can have before you're like, I've seen half the damn movie now. <laughs> there was one, was it? Was there, there's one that I remember spoiled something huge. can't remember which one it was well, now. The, the last one, um, like the last week they do that, that almost always has like something from the very end of the movie. Yeah, like I, th- I think the Tyson GP one, like they even showed you like Rider Three, you know, disappearing back into the void and everything. So, like... now I feel like it was the Drive one. All right, Drive the Drive from the Future oh, one. Oh, they they showed you that his son wasn't his son and all that. Like, uh, it wasn't that? I don't remember now. Oh, I don't. Oh, it was him smashing the belt. Oh, that's like... right. Yeah, yeah. That's and they're like, no, what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's right. Well, I mean, the, funny... the time or the time travel one, I think, showed a bunch of stuff. Yeah, the, the ghost and drive one. Yeah, yeah. And, well, that's that's your chase being back. Yeah. That's right. That's right. I mean, well, that's the, and that's the thing too is that like it's so hard for them to sell these movies, yet also keep surprises. I think. I mean, that's why it, it always goes back to the Deno and Kiva movie, which you know wasn't even going to be a movie originally, but. Wasn't it? It was a direct-to-video, I believe. Uh-huh. Yeah, and then it got bumped up. But I think in that movie, like, if you had not told anybody Kiva was going to be in that, I think it would have had a more favorable yeah. reputation because they sold it as Deno and Kiva. Like, he's, you know, half the poster. You're expecting a lot of Kiva action. And this is, back when, barely, this is back when he's, you know, brand new and he's the hot thing and everything. So it's like, yeah, yeah we're going to see some Kiva. And... Yeah, he's barely in it. Um, but if he had been this big surprise, it would have been like, oh, hey, that was pretty cool. Um, and that's why, you know, spoiler warning for a movie from, like, 1981. But the first time I saw the Super 1 movie, um, I didn't know the other writers were in it. Because this is back in, you know, pre not exactly pre-internet days, but early internet days. And all I had known about that one was what I read from like fanzines and stuff. I'm like, you know, there's a Skyrider movie, there's two black movies and there's a super one movie. And I hadn't seen it before. I didn't know anything about it. And at the time I couldn't, you know, read much Japanese. So I couldn't read the opening credits, which gave it all away, but I had no idea the other writers were in it. So to me, like that was one of the coolest uh, memories I have. Of, of watching a Ryder movie back in the old days. So, I don't know. I just, I kind of wish we could, you know, have something like that again. Because I, I think, yeah. to me, you know, be, I love being surprised. And I wish I could be surprised more by uh, Ryder movies. But I guess, in a way, I, I still am surprised, just oftentimes, not by, like, you know, particularly cool moments or whatever, but just by, like, well, wait a minute, what the heck is this? Or... Why is that happening? Because uh, that did happen quite a bit in this movie. I will, I will never forget the uh, the transition from, you know, we're gonna take over the world's economy to give us the icon. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe, maybe, maybe when I watch it again, uh, I will, I will understand the Nova Shocker master plan a bit more, but. <laughs> For the moment, um, I think I still got to go with Sharker Classic as my, my brand of choice. All right. Well, 
look, this is your show. I was about to wrap up, and I'm like, oh, that's not my no, job. No, that's fine. Actually, we, we're we're going way over. I I was like two hours. We'll we'll cut it off at two hours, and I'll let him go. But <laughs> we've really been going two hours. Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah. Well, we chatted a bit. Okay. Anyway, bye everyone. <laughs> All right. Okay. Well, yeah, that wraps it up. Um, I will return at some point. Uh, and you will return too at some point. I don't know when. I don't know where, but well, we see. We seem to do these a lot together. Now. We do, yeah. At least, at least movies, certainly, uh, yep. and maybe beyond. Yep. And, uh, you know, one of these days, I'd like to get some other voices on now and then. So we, we should do see. something towards the end of Ghost, at, at the very least. I know we keep saying we want to do something like that. Like we want to do it for Drive, and yeah, we never did. did so maybe, maybe for Ghost, maybe we'll have some kind of Ghost retrospective or something. I don't know, but there you have it. That wraps it up for this episode of Rider Break. Thank you for listening, and good night. Bye. Or goodbye. Bye. Wait, 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 wait. Hold on. If the monster's name was Buffle, why did he look like Geba Condor? Shocker, Jigoku no Gundam, Wale